0: Oh, welcome to Gabbing with Librarians. I do believe that libraries will be more important than ever. But it's still a problematic scene, and it's best to look and judge and discuss. Well, that really was one of
1: the things that appealed to me and kind of attracted me to the show. I think
0: it's also opened up a lot of doors. publishing industry as itself is, continues to get smaller when and people smaller. With need to battle
1: that misinformation, they're going to come to a library.
0: Welcome to Gabbing with the Librarians, where Harris County Public Librarians get together to talk about different topics. I am your host, Jennifer Finch, from the Spring Branch Memorial Branch, and I am here with Mary Mink. Hey! Also from the Spring Branch Memorial Branch. This gabbing is going to be a little bit different than normal. Right now, the Writers Guild of America who make up TV and movie screenwriters is on strike. So today we're going to go over what the WGA's demands are and the studio's responses, which led to the strike, and what happened the last time the WGA went on strike, and how this involves traditional book authors. I say this is a little different because honestly, the thought process behind this episode and the actual recording of it happened literally within four days. And that's why there's only two of us, because that's how many people we could gather on a very, very short notice. So first, uh, before we get into the actual discussion part, I'm going to go over a few of the WGA demands, because just like any time there's contract negotiations, there is a lot. So I have picked a few that I think will be the best to discuss and what I think are the most important. A lot of it has to do with actually paying their employees the amount that they deserve, which is basically what all unions are doing right now as cost of living goes up and pay goes down, um, especially from things like movie producers. It's been on the news a lot that uh, the WBCEO actually makes like $250 million a year, and the amount of money that they're requesting would actually be less than that. So for like 21,000 people that they're trying asking to help cover. So that is a ridiculous amount of dis- pay disparity going on there. But let's go ahead and start with the basics. Um, I'm actually going to be pulling a lot of information from a glossary that was put together by Zoe uh, Guy, who is a writer with Vulture. They put together a glossary that's titled, Every Term You Should Know to Understand the Writer's Strike. And it also goes over a lot of their demands. So the basics is AMPTP, which is the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. This is a trade association that represents over 350 American film and TV production companies. And they're the ones that are in negotiation with the WGA and the Screen Actors Guild, which is also they are also going through contract negotiations. And we may actually see an actor strike, too, coming up pretty soon, the way I'm hearing.
1: It's possible, especially if they don't have shows to be. Yeah. doing or movies
0: and from the general consensus is that the actors are completely supporting the writers on this which I mean I've seen pictures of actors on the picket lines with the writers so it's not looking good
1: but a lot of actors also well maybe not a lot but there's a fair few of crossover there's yeah. actors who are also writers so they're affected by this first strike yeah exactly like think about Tina Fey and um Kenta
0: Brunson Kenta Brunson yeah she is uh, the actress and
1: creator. Yeah. Uh, Both of us are gonna. We're, we're <laughs> blanking on the name of our show.
0: The show that is a fantastic show about uh, teaching in a public school, a low-income public school, and for the life of us, me and Mary are looking at each other with
1: like, "What is the name? Why of is the name of
0: the show?" Yeah. So then there's the staff writer who, which is an entry-level TV writing position. This role is protected by the WGA, unlike junior support staff, including writers' assistants, writers' productions assistants, who are represented Avid by... Avid Elementary. Avid Elementary. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. <laughs> staff writers develop and break a story in a writer's room. They are not often assigned to write an episode script, so their work is likely unlikely to result in a teleplay by credit. So you're not actually going to see their names on Credited, but they are staff writers in a writer's room, and they help develop dialogue, jokes, uh, the script... And uh, staff, and I'm going to go ahead and skip to the next one, which is the writers' room, because the writers' room is usually made up of at least seven staff writers, um, but it depends on the needs of the show. So, there, and you always have guest writers, and there's head writers. Head writers are often also called showrunners. Showrunners are oftentimes the head writer producer, and we will get onto that a little bit later because they are also involved in this writer strike. On the writer's side, and there's a very good reason for that, but we're gonna get to that in just a minute. So, the negotiations so, as I said, a lot of it has to do with the pay disparity for the writers. Another thing is, in that writer's room, what the production companies are trying to do is shrink the writer's room to like maybe one or two people, which is there's a lot of work that goes into writing each show. And a lot of the best jokes and best writing come out of the collaboration and the talking back and forth between the writers, that you would not have had the best jokes and everything in the office because... It's all collaboration. it's, It's all collaboration. And that includes a lot of the actors that were in the office. A lot of the actors on the office were actually the writers as well. Think about who was involved in that and think about how funny they are and how many other things that they write and produce... And now you're starting to get an idea of what writer's rooms are. SNL, Saturday Night Live, is all writer's room. And it's very famously writer's room that the actors that are on, the comedians that are on
1: Saturday Night Live are also writers for the show. Yeah, I think it's required that you have to be part of the writers. And last time there was a strike, SNL was one of the famously affected. So SNL could not come back. It was not possible. They could not do that show.
0: And SNL is not one of those shows that they can actually reduce the writer's room because of the way. So when you think about every joke on SNL and how each little scene is crafted by probably th- at least three or four writers, and the entire show is probably 12 to 20 writers. So that gives you an idea of, depending on the needs of the show, the size of the writer's room. Well, they're trying to shrink the writer's room, and the WGA wants a minimum of a certain amount of people in the writers' room and the production companies said no they they refused to even discuss that another thing a lot of this has to do with is the res- and this goes back to the pay is the residuals a residual is the amount of money that people get every time that their show is shown beyond the first time
1: so and
0: syndication the, yeah like syndication and it's usually pennies on the dollar or like a tenth of a penny on a dollar is what each writer gets every time the show is done Well, what's happened is that the American writers are not getting the residuals on the streaming services, especially in foreign. They've they've gotten a few, but think about the majority of new shows that people watch and make a lot of money are coming from HBO, Netflix, Disney+. And the writers on those shows are not getting paid the same way that they would if those shows were on CBS or ABC or Fox. So what the Writers Guild of America wants is they want the writers to get paid the same amount for the residuals, not just streaming in the U.S., but also on if it's streamed in foreign, which they're not getting anything on if their show is shown in England or in China or anywhere, basically other than the U.S. Again, a ridiculous amount of money that the production companies are making a ton of money off of streaming in these foreign countries, and the writers are not getting anything.
1: I saw a TikTok where a writer said that on um, streaming, she well residuals from syndication she made four thousand on streaming she made four cents. Four thousand to four cents. Now, why is this a big deal? It is a
0: big deal because the writers on these shows typically don't get a base salary, and that's another thing that the WGA is asking for. So they're asking for like a minimum wage salary for these staff writers. Just enough to actually guarantee that if the show does not make money in syndication or in any residuals, that the writers can actually eat and pay their rent. And think about it. Most of them live in L.A. Everybody knows the cost of living in L.A. is astronomical. There are staff writers on shows that you have watched that have literally been living out of their cars because they cannot afford to pay rent. And the WGA is trying to protect them trying to get them so that they can eat and pay rent and have a roof over their head. They're asking for the bare minimum here. And by my tone, you can probably hear where I fall (laughs) on this. But honestly, its I don't know what the production companies are thinking because nobody's on their side in this.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's endless, if you get on social media, you can see there's articles about how many celebrities are also supporting the WGA. I mean,
0: I, I have seriously have not heard of a single celebrity that
1: have come down on the side of production companies. Yeah. Not even the celebrities who have been producers themselves. Yeah, and I've seen other sets in solidarity not filming anything. But if they leave, they get fired, so they're just kind of at a standstill, staying on the sets, not
0: yeah, they're, they're just sitting there. They're yeah. just
1: sitting there. Yeah. And
0: there's a a lot of the WGAs. They're not just picketing in front of the production companies. No, no, no. They go find out wherever they're supposed to be filming and blow whistles. Whistles are like one of the worst things you can possibly do on a set because the microphones will pick it up, and that's all you will hear is the whistle. Yeah. But there are stories that I've been hearing of people literally taking leaf blowers and whistles, just going and standing out sets in normal time. They know that the, the producer will just say... Give them $300 to go away. Or find out how much it would take for them to stop, double it, and make them go away. And people have figured this out, and this is a common thing that some people do just to to get money in L.A.
1: Whatever works. (laughs) Times are tough. Yes.
0: Okay, and this leads us to artificial intelligence. And uh, you, you're kind of like, what? What does the screenwriters have to do with artificial intelligence? Well, this yeah. is like the big thing in all creators right now is artificial intelligence. And this is how it comes back to libraries and traditional book authors. Basically, what the WGA is stating, and I'm going to quote, they, they demand that AI, artificial intelligence, cannot produce original material rewrites and source material and nor can union covered material be used to train machines. That means that you can't just feed uh, an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer into the AI to have them learn what what's already been done What's already been done and how to write a script. They completely rejected the WGA's proposal and countered with an offer to hold annual meetings to discuss technology. Oh, no. What you don't know is that me and Mary do local theater here in Houston. And because of the nature of Houston and Texas as a whole, there we have a lot of people here that act as writers, that they work, they do a lot of extra work. There's a lot of people trying to make it as actors. A lot of filming gets done in Austin. So mm-hmm. me and Mary, we, we hear a little bit more industry stuff than, say, the normal layperson. Sure. Yep. Just a little bit. <laughs> Neither one of us are like <laughs> I- anywhere close to being <laughs> LA on these money. Set, <laughs> L.A. money or being on these sets or anything. But we have connections to people that and, have, that have yeah. who are members of this union or are members with SAG. Are trying to become members of SAG? You have to be in so many things before you can actually be a member of the Screen Actors Guild. There was a famous Friends episode where uh, Joey had lost his SAG membership and he needed his insurance, that he, his health insurance that he got from the SAG insurance because he had a hernia. Basically, all he needed was to be in one episode of a TV series, <laughs> just get it in one film so he could, and it was like he was a patient. It was perfect because he was in a lot of pain <laughs> and this kid would not cry on uh, it was, yeah. But yes, so SAG membership is a big deal. And uh, Writers Guild of America, that's again how these writers get health insurance. The production companies don't pay health insurance for these people, they get it through the union. So I have heard of a story where a lot of some production companies are already trying to get films done off of scripts that AIs have produced of dialogue. And then they're trying to shop that around and find a writer who will dress it up and make it nicer and actually make it work. So studio producers, production companies are already trying to use artificial intelligence source materials.
1: I also saw where their argument for using AI is that it can take scripts that are already successful and kind of identify models and then recreate that and kind of crunch the numbers and see what pitches are going to be successful and which ones aren't. And then there was a comedian who made a joke that like, wouldn't you think that AI would better actually replace the producers and the studio (laughs) executives more than it would the writers? How many movies
0: and TV shows and miniseries, well, they are not called miniseries anymore. The limited episode series (laughs) are based off of novels. That's true. I have seen novelists talking about how they completely support and that right now the screenwriters are actually having their back as well. What you may not know is that playwrights, people who write plays that happen in a theater, due to antitrust laws within the United States, they are not allowed to unionize.
1: I did not know
0: that. Yes. They don't have the same protections that the WGA has because they're considered uh, individual contractors rather Mm -hmm. than... It's different. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It starts getting into the nitty-gritty of antitrust laws, and that was done on purpose. Broadway playwrights cannot protect themselves from AI. They cannot protect their material from AI. So they don't have the same protections that the WGA has. So what the WGA is doing right now is
1: helping to protect
0: so that their material cannot be fed into AI for TV movie scripts.
1: It's great. Actually, I've actually been thinking, this is kind of a side note, but how fortunate it is that the writers have a union that can protect them, because if this was all coming about and they didn't have a union, they wouldn't be able to do anything.
0: Now, you're thinking, well, why should I care about all this? Let me tell you what happened the last time we had a writer strike. I think it was two thousand and seven.
1: Yeah, it's been about fifteen years.
0: Yeah, yeah. We had one of this fantastic show called Heroes. The season <laughs>
1: one had this
0: amazing, wonderful, groundbreaking season. Everybody loved it. It was fantastic. And then the second season happened, and everybody was like, "What the heck happened?" the yeah. writers strike happened is yeah. what happened because they did not delay the second season of filming and so they didn't have writers they may have had like a bare bones script to work off of that like the first rough draft but no writers would come in and polish it up no there were no writers on set to help rework dialogue right pump up lines pump up lines and, because no matter what how great something is on the page there's always the human element, and mm-hmm. what looks great on the page may not work with that particular actor's delivery. And so a,
1: a writer on set is necessary so that they can change up things. I mean, famously, there's the story about um, Quantum of Solace and how they bond whose name is slipping my mind. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig was trying to make rewrites while they were filming because there's no writers there. And Daniel Craig's very much on the, yeah, I'm not a writer.
0: (laughs) 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 And that's how we ended up with Quantum of Solace as well. So Daniel Craig's movies all were really good, except for Quantum of Solace. So while we know that... This season that is ending right now is done in the books, wrapped. This is right now when they're starting to film normally for the next season. So right now that the d- writers are on strike, there are sets that are not shooting. Everybody's trying to delay, trying to delay, trying to delay, trying to delay. And all the writers have to do is hold out long enough to make waiting unprofitable and hurt financially which it's already hurting financially the production company
1: and it's going to because stranger things one of the darlings of netflix has (sighs) said that they're not going to go into production for their next season while the strike is happening so if other big name shows on streaming do the same Mm -hmm. or the executives aren't going to have any choice
0: yeah so this is a lot of this is going on Thank, I think that this time there's a lot more support for the strike that, for, than there was the last time. So hopefully we won't end up with a lot of really bad shows like we did last time because a lot of the actors and everybody are also refusing to yeah. start the productions. And honestly, I think the the structure of how shows are done, maybe not so much the movies, but how the shows are done has changed a lot more. There's a lot more writers who are actually what's called a showrunner, which is kind of a writer-producer. Yeah. And so if the main person that's in charge of the entire show is part of the Writers Guild of America, which a lot of them are, uh, guess what? (laughs) The shows aren't going to happen. We're going to get a lot of British TV next season. That's what's going to happen.
1: Or a lot of checkouts from the library for DVDs of seasons that <laughs> have already
0: been. Just, just don't bother after Heroes
1: Season 1. Yeah. I promise. Um, <laughs> or Quantum of Solace. Get that bond. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but the interesting thing is the showrunners, because they are also part of the R- Writers' Guild of America, also in this glossary that was put out by Vulture, it mentions that Since 2018, there's been a 23% drop in the salaries of the showrunners. So they are actually asking for the showrunners who make way more money than the staff writers. I mean, we're talking a lot more money. Quinta Brunson probably does not have to worry about money, honestly, but they want them to get paid what they're worth. Because without these showrunners, these head writers, these writer producers, these creators that came up with the idea You would not have the shows
1: at all. Yeah. I saw one person, a writer on the picket line, saying that apparently they're not, because they're starting to not allow writers on set as much, there's no room for growth and moving up and becoming producers. And don't you want producers to be people who have been in the industry a while and know what a good story is? And have writing experience so they can appreciate good and bad
0: dialogue. But they're asking for the showrunners to actually have a 25% above baseline for, uh, or what was it again? I'm going to make sure it's, I say this accurately. They proposed that the establishment of a new writer producer tier with a weekly rate 25% above story editors and executive story editors. And the studios countered with a rate of 2 to 7%. 25 versus 2 to 7%. I don't know about you, but that's kind of insulting. Yeah. And yep. you might say, oh, well, everything's hard. Nobody's making as much money. No, 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 no. We're talk- These production companies have made bank yeah. more profitable than ever over the last few years. And the fact that they're part of that is because they're reducing salaries.
1: And also, you have to think that during the pandemic, what did we all do? We stayed home and we watched a lot of TV to get that sort of escapism and that just helped them. More people were watching streaming, so then the executives for all these streaming, you know, Netflix, Hulu, all of them. Mm-hmm. So, times aren't tough for them. No. No, it's it's not.
0: So, basically, and the reason why we're being so openly uh for the writers is because honestly, a lot of these writers are actually also novelists. There is a big overlap between novelists and writers. Tanahisi Coates has worked on Black Panther movies and the comics. And they're also a very, very famous novelist.
1: So it's Neil Gaiman. I mean, he's written episodes for Doctor Who, which is not quite the same, but it's he, another known name. And he's also the showrunner for
0: Good Omens, which we finally have a release date for, <laughs> the, which is in July. And he also famously co-wrote the novel that Good Omens is based off of. We also have Attica Locke. Um, Yes. She writes shows with her sister. And she is a screenwriter. And she's also an award-winning mystery writer who is one of our Gulf Coast Reads novels writers. There is a huge overlap with names that you would recognize as screenwriters and novelists who you know as novelists. Number one, this writer strike will help protect novel, right, novel writers. It will help protect playwrights for Broadway, which me and Mary are kind of like, please protect our plays. Yeah. Um, we, w- we want to be able to act in good shows. Yeah. And it will allow people to eat. That, that you know, come on. I mean, not every, most staff writers, you're never going to know their names. Most TV writers, you're never going to hear about them. They're never going to become famous. They are your average Joe. They just happen to write for this TV show. Yes. Th- they're not going to be a Tina Fey. They're not going to be a Neil Gaiman. They're not going to be uh, Quinta Brunson. They're not going to be a household name. 95% of them are just going to be living day to day. They just want to eat. They just want to roof over their heads and do something that they actually like doing.
1: Get paid for the work that they're putting in.
0: That that is what this strike is all about. Um, you've got the people like Quinta Brunson and everybody that you'll see on the picket lines. That you'll recognize them on the picket lines. And for them, it's about protecting their. It is about protecting their livelihood because of the whole artificial intelligence of it all. Mm-hmm. But it's also about protecting their friends. Their friends that you don't know. Their friends that you will never know their names. And that they're sitting there and also protecting their. Make the, Make sure that we get the quality entertainment that we want. Yeah. The um, lowering uh, with the smaller staff rooms, the quality of the TV shows will actually go down. And nobody wants that.
1: And you also get less episodes.
0: Yes, which we're already getting less episodes. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons why the TV series... Is now in October when the season starts is because of the uh, writer strike from 2007. They had to delay that season, and then they just never started it in September ever again. <laughs> so now we get like mid-October season starts. So let's let's try and fix it this time. And fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Thank you for joining us today for gabbing with the librarians, and thank you, Mary, for being here today. Of course. I kind of volunteered her. <laughs> if you would like to join the conversation, email podcast at hcpl.net. Coming up later this month on Saturday, May 27th, Gabbing will be live at Comic Palooza. We will be talking about society's effects on creators and their franchises. Join us there at 10 a.m. on the third floor. The Comic Palooza episode will be recorded and presented later in June.